Hey everyone, this is your host Josh Baker with the Intelligent Conversations podcast where we believe everyone has a form of intelligence that resides within them. Our goal is to encourage these type of conversations for our audience to listen to. Without further ado, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Intelligent Conversations podcast. Today I have the honor to speak with Naresh Visa. He is the founder and CEO of Krish Media and Marketing. He has worked with countless businesses like JP Morgan Chase, Everbank, the Houston Rockets, and the Houston Astros. He has also written countless books, some of them even being bestsellers. Narish has also been featured in various domestic and international media outlets. So Narish, thanks for coming on. I'm really excited actually to hear what you have to say and hear about your journey of quote unquote employee to entrepreneur. So I want to start there. I want to start. Could you talk me through how did you shift from employee to that entrepreneurial success that you are today? So thanks for having me on, Josh. Thanks for that really kind introduction. I started out working at several places in New York City uh, remotely for some big corporations. Some of the companies you did not mention were CNN Radio. Um, Clear Channel Communications, and uh, a few others, and uh, lived in Baltimore for about three years, um, and was working at Agora Publishing, Agora Financial, their largest franchise, Stansberry Research. So I was there, and then in 2013, uh, left to start my own company, Krish Media and Marketing. So almost nine years strong doing that, still in business nine years later, which is a, a good thing. But um, a few other names that, a few other names, J.P. Morgan Chase, um, a value fund in New York City, those were all uh, experiences that I got and helped me start Krish Media and Marketing. That's that's so cool. I, I love the uh, story there. I'm like, I mean, obviously, you have to get the money to and the capital to start that business. And I, I kind of want to know, like, what was that like? Like, was it nerve wracking to leave that full time job and then say, hey, I'm going to I mean, you've been doing this for nine years. So you're experienced. But was it a little bit nerve wracking for you to come in and be like, oh, this is this is something new? What like what what was that like? Well, a couple of things. I want to share two different two different topics. Number one is the side hustle. And number two is cash flow from day one. So I bring up the side hustle because I was doing stuff on the side while I was working full-time. So by the time I left my full-time job in February, 2013, that side hustle had, it's like within a month, I gave myself a 20% raise. So I wasn't dependent on that employer's paycheck or income. So that's the first thing you want to have a side hustle and you don't Number two is you don't want to give up your your full time job. You want to keep working your full time job. And I was young; I was twenty. I was in my mid twenties at the time, so mm-hmm. I I didn't have other obligations that I have now. And today it would be a lot harder to do something like this. I'm married; I have a kid, another kid on the way. Now, the other thing that I want to mention is you said, "Oh, it must have required some capital." No, I had cash flow from day one because I had the side hustle. And when I left my full-time job, I picked up that side hustle and, and grew it. So that's the best part of 
that's really the best business you can be a part of. It's a business where you can leave your full-time job and you have cash flow coming in from day one. That, yeah. Thank you for sharing that, that clearing that up. I think a lot of people, I mean, we see this blasted on social media, the have your side hustle and don't quit your full-time job. I, I see it all the time. And especially the side hustle part, I like that you point out that it had cash flow. I'm like, most people, they just go and after their side hustle, I'm like, well, are you generating revenue? Are you making money? And they're like, well, no, I'm just going after it. I'm like, well, you got to make money. Well, that's called a hobby. It's not a, <laughs> it's not a business. It's on a side hustle. It's called a hobby. And look, I have hobbies. I have many hobbies. I don't make me any money. And uh, they're, the goal is to eventually make money off them. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're just hobbies right now. And uh, I mean, we don't need to talk about those hobbies because they don't make any money. But but look, you brought up that I'm an author and I've written several books. Um, I don't want to call writing a hobby because the books actually, they make me money. I've sold tens of thousands of copies worldwide. And on top of that, the, the books have helped me gain more business. It's helped my company get more business. It's established yeah. credibility, built my reputation. The same goes for my podcast. I, I host a podcast called The Work From Home Show. Yeah. So tell me about, I mean, the title is kind of intriguing there. The work from home podcast, COVID kind of came and that became a common theme, the work from home. So is that kind of what that is about? Is like how you work from home, how you do all that? So when I started my company in 2013, I started it from my living room in downtown Baltimore. It was a condo apartment up on the seventh floor. And uh, I have been working from home ever since full time, I would say about 85 to 90% of the time before the pandemic, 99% of the time, once a pandemic hit, I'm actually taking my first business trip in a month. So that's it's been two and a half years, October 2019 was the last business trip I took. Um, And with that being said, the work from home show, Pandemic hit. We didn't know how bad it was going to be. When I say we, I mean one of our contractors at Chris Media and Marketing mm-hmm. who handles our our podcasting division. I contacted him because it looked like the world was about to shut down, lock down, and people were going to work from home. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend contact me saying, "Hey, uh, so he works for the NBA, the National Basketball Association, the corporate offices," and he said, "Hey, we're we're shutting down here, and like no one knows how to work from home. No one's done it before." <laughs> And I know you've been doing it for a while. You should come out with a podcast talking about it. I said, you know what? That's a great idea. So we, what we originally thought was going to be an eight episode podcast that we just leave up on the internet has turned mm-hmm. into a 200 episode <laughs> podcast. So people can check it out. Workfromhomeshow.com. It's on Spotify, Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, et cetera. But we got started as soon as the lockdowns were implemented. So it was about mid-March, I want to say, like around March Mm -hmm. 20th, 2020 is when we got started. And we thought every time we recorded, we were like, oh, well, things are, you know, the virus is going to go away or people are just going to move on with life and our show is not going to be as relevant. And here we are two years later and people are still mentally locked down. They're they're still, you know, they, they quit traveling. New variants have come hospitals are i don't want to say they're filling up but they're 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 getting busy with with the pandemic again uh we're in even a worse situation now than we were two years ago 
So our podcast, that means our podcast is even more relevant because the big corporations, companies are telling their employees, hey, if you can work from home, stay at home. Yeah, I think, especially, I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. Do you think that we're going to start transitioning more towards that, like just, you know, work from home? Because I mean, this is obviously, I mean, we're doing this interview right now remotely. And I think honestly, truly give it, this is my prediction. I, I want to hear your thoughts after this, but I'm saying five, 10 years and we won't need that much of like to be in the office as much. Maybe like, like you said, 1% of the time, take a business well, trip here. It's, it's definitely, uh, it, it's, it's definitely permanent in the sense that um, I don't have data in front of me, but I'm giving just some some mm-hmm. hypotheticals. Let's say ninety uh, percent of jobs, uh, corporate jobs, were in the office in 2019. Uh, I would venture to say that uh, of that ninety percent that were in the office, now at least thirty percent of them are have shifted full time work from home. They're they're not going back into the office, and and and. Uh, again, I, I don't have statistics in front of me, but I, I think those statistics are, are roughly uh, realistic in, in the work from home movement. I have many, many friends whose employer said, hey, don't come back to the office because we don't have an office anymore. We've done the work from home thing now for a year or a year and a half, and there's just no more need for an office. And this is largely because Companies they open up the talent pool if if they are remote work from home mm-hmm. firms because now you're not limited if if you're in middle of nowhere and you have a, a a company the talent may not be as great but but now you open it up to the entire United States you open it up globally and you're globally. getting all sorts yeah. you're getting all sorts of great great talent so I, I do think that. Um, we are going to see a permanent picture of work from home for a fairly large percentage of the, the corporate space. And, and this is based on interviews we've done with, with the experts. Um, yeah. we've, we've been able, we've had huge, huge guests on our show. But I also do think that the big, big corporations, we're talking household brand names, Procter & Gamble's, Wall Street, even some of the top Silicon Valley firms, some of the top tech firms, like Microsoft, the old school ones, Microsoft, mm-hmm. SAP, Amazon. I do think that they are going to ask their employees to come back into the office simply because they have a culture to uphold and they have a lot of money sitting on hand because uh, for small businesses, it's about saving dollars and cents. But when you're Amazon and you don't, you're, you don't have to pay a single penny in corporate tax year after year because of the tax loopholes that uh, the United States has, then you can tell your employees, hey, come back into the office. We don't want you working from home. And, I, and so I do think the big corporations, the corporate bureaucrats will ask many of those more prestigious jobs and those prestigious companies, they'll ask their employees to come back into the office. But that's not going to be until probably 2023 when we start seeing that. It's completely based on the pandemic. Yeah, I, I totally agree with everything you said there. I think I, I, what my mind went to when you said all the big corporations and that, that little splurb you did there, I, I'm like, isn't that kind of, I, I, I know you're a little bit familiar with this, but I don't know if you are for sure. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of reminded me of the blockchain. I'm like, 
it's gotten, it kind of takes that power away because small businesses can now, like you said, hire talent from globally and like, not even like they can hire it for a short amount of like time too. They can say, Hey, I want to hire you for this specific time, like contract pay and say, I'll give you this X amount. You get this done. Like there's companies like Fiverr, Upwork. uh, Huge fan, huge fan of those companies. Big time fan. Um, and that's how Krishminian marketing really has been running since 2013. It's firing con or sorry, not fire. Well, yeah, we've done a lot of firing, but we've done <laughs> a lot of hiring too through those platforms. And we found really, really good talent. Fiverr, Upwork, freelance.com, etc. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I for this podcast, even too, I recently finally got an audio engineer. And I was like, man, the fact for them, it's like because the, the economies in different countries are at different levels, right? Like the US, it's the best in the world, right? And then you got some other countries, but they still have people there. They still have talent there. And some of them come to the US or go to school there, and then they go back to their country. And for them, it's like they can make decent money. And for us, it's like, and oh, that's country. cheaper. And then they go, and for them, they're still making a really good living in that country. But you can pay them at a lower rate than someone here in the States. That's like, yeah, give me, I, I remember it. So for the audio engineer that I use, it's, I pay him maybe 30 per episode, 30 bucks per episode. And I'm like, that's way better. Cause I looked it up and I'm like to pay someone like professionally to have in the office, have them on payroll is about 15,000. And I was like, Man. Oh, now it's more than that. Yeah. Now now, if you want an audio engineer full-time with benefits, that's a $40,000 a year job at least. And, and then the benefits on top of that are an additional twenty to 30000 a year. But you're absolutely right. Compare that to 30 an episode. And, and this is something I saw way back in 2013. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's why I said there's a tremendous opportunity to work from home, to do these online services, to become a contractor. And to grow that those contracts, hire some people, turn it into a business. That's how I got Chris Media Marketing started. And I thought that was a future. And I still think that's a future. I don't think full-time is a way to go. I think independent contracting and opening things up remotely, that's, that's the future. In fact, that's the present. I, 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 it was yeah. the future back when I got started, but it's, it's the present. And there's a tremendous opportunity now. So I want to I get your thoughts on this. This just kind of came to me. So there's service businesses that obviously like yours that you can do completely online and you're fine. But what about companies like McDonald's, like some of those fast food chains, some of those service businesses? And I I have a window cleaning company, for example. What do you think the future looks like for them, like transitioning to online? So they already, the the Walmarts, McDonald's, uh, Yum Brands, which owns Taco Bell and a few other fast food joints those companies are already dabbling heavily in technology. They're investing heavily in technology. Chipotle is another one. So what I mean is it's not just coming out with a mobile app and taking orders yeah. for a mobile app, but they are working on these robots that are going to essentially be uh, take over the, the cashiers, take over the people flipping burgers. You can watch videos of this online on YouTube of robots flipping burgers, making Big Macs, making sandwiches and fries. I think we're going to see that within the next 10 to 15 years. I think we certainly will see it. That, that doesn't mean that all humans are going to be replaced, but instead of 
five or six people working at McDonald's at one time, you're probably only going to see one or two people working at McDonald's at, at, at one time. And they're going to be like the managers will be paid a little bit more. So I think that's what we'll see. But here in the United States and probably globally, there's a labor shortage everywhere. And it's increased the need for these robots. It's going to accelerate the development of artificial intelligence to help out. Because if you're not able to find people to fill your workforce, well, the next step is to find technology to do it. It's like people are speeding this process up and shooting themselves on their own feet. Um, With that being said, we've seen McDonald's, Taco Bell, fast food joints closing down in-person dining and mm-hmm. going straight towards the drive-through and saying and encouraging people to to order through the mobile app you order through the mobile app you go through the drive-through very quick and seamless process if you only have two people working then it doesn't make sense to have that that entire big McDonald's or that entire big Taco Bell so uh, to answer your question what what happens to the window cleaning company what happens to McDonald's and all that i do think we're going to see technology that doesn't mean you're you go out of business that merely means that exactly instead of paying your people thirty dollars an hour now you probably buy the robot for thirty thousand dollars probably comes with a nice big warranty and (laughs) uh and and that's your employee for the next five years or so until until the next better employee comes around and then you you buy that employee for another thirty thousand dollars so that's what my prediction is that's yeah that's i agree with that because i actually i've been looking at this it's still it it came out i would say five ten years ago but there's this thing i use for my window cleaning business and well i don't use it personally i can't afford it yet because it's pretty expensive technology and i'm like that would save me i wouldn't have to hire so many workers and it would get the job done 10 times faster like significantly faster and I'm like, I'd only need to hire maybe two people and I could get a whole block done within maybe four hours. And I'm like, that sounds really appealing for a window cleaning business that usually to get like a whole block done, it takes a full day's work. And I'm like, I could get that done two hours with technology like that. So I've been eyeing that. And I, I love that you brought that up. But I kind of want to know, where do you think what's going to happen to the employees? Because we're automating all these processes, right? What's going to happen to the employees? What should they do? So then they're not, you know, all of a sudden one day they're like, oh, shoot, I'm out of a job. So they're not surprised. What would you suggest they do? Well, I think we're seeing a precursor to that already right now. The United States is at the largest labor shortage in its history. There are millions and millions of jobs that have gone unfilled. There are some reports, there are some studies that show that there are actually more than 10 million jobs that are unfilled. I don't know if that's true, but that's a lot of jobs that are available, that people are saying, hey, you know what, I don't want to work. And I'm here to tell you, it's not because of the pandemic. That's an excuse. If anybody tells you, oh, I don't want to go back to work because I'm scared of COVID or whatever, that that's done. That that might've been the case for three or four months in, in the middle of 2020, but now we're in 2022, there's a vaccine and uh, there's a booster. And we, we know a lot about this virus. Anybody who says that, anybody who uses a pandemic as an excuse for anything, you know that they're not telling the truth. So where are these people going? It, it appears, and I'm not positive about this, but it appears that uh, many of these lower level jobs that we talked about, like, like window cleaning mm-hmm. or uh, McDonald's or Taco Bell or Chipotle or cashiers, those lower level jobs, those people realize, hey, you know what? Um, I can make more money either on unemployment 
which I think many of them did, but those benefits expired. So then what did they do? I think many of them did learn new skills. They learned new crafts. They learned about online and digital. They learned about technology, or then maybe they learned about window washing and they decided to start their own businesses. I actually think this is a good thing. And many of them did end up shifting to corporate and getting better jobs. So instead of going in to a grocery store, shelving groceries, now they're uh, working remotely, doing some type of, of, of digital work. Um, so I, I think many of these people will feel the urgency to learn more, learn a skill, learn a craft, and, and get better jobs or start their own businesses. Now, that for the people who can't do that, who aren't capable, of learning who aren't capable of of moving on up mm-hmm. uh they're they're pretty screwed uh, there's no other way to put it yeah i i agree with that i i don't know is there any way we can maybe help them by chance or is it just they kind of lose out because well it's on them right it, it's on them to to listen to podcasts, read books, to, mm-hmm. I don't want to say go to school. They don't need to go get a degree, but look, I don't have any formal tra- training in technology. Most of my degrees are in uh, like media communications, business, finance, accounting, but nothing in like technology, right? But I was able to learn it over the years. I was able to learn a little bit of coding, WordPress management, o- online and digital marketing. Uh, SEO, those types of things. I mean, those are now considered web services, tech services. So I, I learned it. It took it took me really a year to learn the nitty gritty. And then, as I mentioned, over eight nine years, I learned all these skills. And and the point that I'm making is that anybody who is in a bind, who who lost their job because you know McDonald's couldn't uh, didn't have or they had the demand for the product, but they didn't have enough workforce to keep a um, to keep a playground running or to keep their mm-hmm. uh, orders running for for dining. They need to look at themselves and say, "Hey, you know, what can I do to improve myself and to to move on up from being a cashier or flipping burgers to maybe getting a desk job somewhere or or a desk job at home." where they can work from home and work remotely and set their own hours. They need to have that motivation. If they don't have that motivation, if they don't have that intelligence, that smarts, well then I, I can't, I, I don't think you or I can really help them, but it seems that the government is always willing to, to help them. Yeah, I, that's true. They are always willing. So I kind of want to lead into this. And I think when it comes down to this, you have to really look at yourself and say, what is my skill sets or what am I willing to learn? Right. You have to say, hey, this is what I'm willing to learn. This is what work I'm willing to put forward. And something that I realize is I'm like, you got to be able to identify your advantages and your disadvantages. You got to be saying, oh, I have this advantage. Like no one else has this advantage. I'm going to use this to my advantage, right? It's called an advantage for a reason. And then your disadvantages as well. So I kind of want to drop here the intelligent question of the day. How do you find... If you were going to give advice to someone, how would you suggest they find their advantages and disadvantages? Well, you have to look, you have to look uh, deeply, do some introspection on, on oneself. So um, I, I knew what I was good at and what I wasn't good at. And I think one of the problems that, this, that the education system 
one of the problems is they try to make everyone well-rounded, at least the good schools. They try to make everyone well-rounded and they say, you know, you have to get A's in math and science and English and Mm -hmm. computers or whatever it is. Instead of, oh, you're really good at math, you should pursue math more. Um, I I think this is a problem in higher education. I think that's fine in in lower education because you need to be exposed to a lot of different things and figure out what you are good at. But as you get older, it's important to understand what you're good at and whatever you're good at is going to be a strength. That's something worth pursuing. So if somebody comes back and says, well, I'm not good at anything, I'm sorry, but I can't really help you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is something that I like to do. I feel like everyone has at least one like advantage. I'll say maybe not a skill or something they're good at, but I mean, they're spending that time doing something, right? Whether it's watching TV, they're sitting on their couch, watching TV. I guarantee they can tell you, they can tell you like a lot more about TV shows and all of that than I ever could. I, I just don't have the time to do it. Right. But again, it's what book is it that I read? It's the 10,000 hour rule, right? Oh, we uh, we outliers. live. Oh yeah. Outliers. Yes. That's the book. And when you put in 10, you're living your life constantly and you're spending that time a certain way. Right. So when you hit that 10,000 mark, I, I'm like, try and find that one thing. And that's the one thing you're really good at. So if you've been wasting time and things that maybe aren't productive, I guarantee you're really good at that, right? You're really good at using your smartphone. You're really good. I, at. I, I completely agree with you. I, I, I completely agree with that. And we live now in a time where all sorts of industries are popping up. If you, if you look at the video game industry, the gaming industry, mm-hmm. for example, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you didn't have these big video game conventions. You didn't, video game competitions weren't broadcast on ESPN. Now you have an entire industry around it. And so if somebody said, oh, I have no strengths, my only strength is I love video games. Well, there's an opportunity there if you're good at it. And and my guess is if you love video games, you're probably good at it because I'm not very good at video games. And that's why I stopped playing them. Uh, I was a lot better when I was younger. Yeah, I I agree. It's again, the amount of time you put in, that's what you're going to get out. And if you spend it like I have to agree with your point that they're screwed, right? Like if they don't, they don't spend it towards things that are worthwhile, then I'm sorry. like. guess you kind of got what was coming <laughs> to put it lightly but uh yeah i thank you for sharing that that was great i kind of want to begin wrapping up here what what do you want the audience to remember about narish visa i hope i said that right well um first off my my websites i have a few of them narishvisa.com that's one of the websites and then my company is Krish Media and Marketing. That website is K-R-I-S-H, Krish Media Marketing.com. And it has more information about all the services that we provide from beginning to end, soup to nuts, online and digital marketing. If people go to narishvisa.com and they enter their email address into the subscribe box, and they contact me through the website, I'll give them a free copy of my book, 50 Shades of Marketing, Whip Your Business into Shape and Dominate Your Competition. 
if there's one thing I want people to remember or one takeaway, it is, it is specifically today is the best time to, to go for it, to start that business, to write that book, to, to join the professional video game network. <laughs> Don't hold off on it. If, if you want to be a game show contestant, you go right now, go to wheelfortune.com or whatever game show it is and you apply. Don't put it off because when you put things off, they never get done ever. They won't get done. So I hope I've lit fire under your belly because I think success to life is all about doing. It's all about do, do, do. Uh, it's nice coming to coming on podcasts like this where I can talk and tell people what to do. But after I get off this podcast, it's back to doing. It's back to writing my next book. It's back to bringing in more clients for my business or buying that next investment property. That's so true. Actions. I mean, this is like the golden, well, one of the golden rules. There's like 20, right? Actions speak louder <laughs> than words. Oh, absolutely. like, ab- absolutely. Like, again, like you said, it's fun to talk about things, right? It's fun to say, oh yeah, there's this business or like we were talking about, oh, this would be the direction you want to kind of gear yourself in. But if you're just listening, so for the listeners that are listening now, I'm talking directly to you. If you're listening, act on it. Just act. You have the information. You have so much information here on the internet today. Decide what you're going to do with it and then act on it. And that right there will, I guarantee you, you will have a life that you will want and you will live it on your terms. So Narish, thank you for coming on. I'm really excited. It was a great episode. I really enjoyed what you had to say. So just thank you for coming on, man. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure, Josh. Enjoyed the conversation. So everyone, that is Narish Vissa. As you can tell, he's a very intelligent person, has great things to say. I challenge you guys to go check out his website. He dropped that, of course, back then. And see you guys next week. We have a great guest lined up. See you guys next week. And let's get after it. Hey everyone, if you liked this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. We release a new episode every Wednesday for you guys to listen to. Thank you guys so much for the support that you give. We could not have done this without you guys. If you would like to be a potential guest on the show, check out intelligentconvos.com and fill out the form there. Thank you guys again, and let's get after it.